0: Stranger Things 3, Chapter 3, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard is over. But we're just getting started here on Poster Recaps. So, hello everybody, I am Josh Wigler, and I have just one question for you, Mike Bloom. Are
1: you ready to sweat? Always. I am right now, in fact. Yes, it's because you're nervous because I've asked you to dance. Ah, uh, well, I. I, 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 you know, I like to put a little bit of uh, vigor and vim in my dancing, though it might not necessarily come across as the smoothest to everyone else.
0: Doesn't translate terribly well in the audio medium.
1: No. Which is a blessing and a curse. Though I will say I'm happy that everybody spun their phones to tune into their respective podcasts to spy in on the two of us. I will say uh, none of us are passing gas. Yes, there is no
0: burping or farting taking place here in the East Coast Post Show Recaps headquarters.
1: Yeah, not the East Coast, at least. As
0: far as we know. Uh, But we have not done any spying on what's happening in the West Coast, so uh, whatever's happening with Rob, we can't be held accountable. I don't know. When the blue
1: and the yellow meet in the West, apparently (laughs)
0: things happen. (laughs) That seems like (laughs) you don't want to know what the blue and the yellow stand for (laughs) in this equation. But here we are, uh, the start of a new Stranger Things week here on Post Show Recaps, the second week of the Stranger Things Season three season here on Show recaps and then we will have one full week next week as well we're slowly crawling through season 3 of stranger things which was released in its entirety on july Fourth, It is uh, several days past that point as we are releasing this podcast to just give you a reminder of the schedule as we are doing at the top of these podcasts every single time. We will be doing this episode by episode. Your episode 4 recap will be coming July 10th. Uh, episode 5 will be coming July 12th. Episode 6, July 15th, episode 7, July 17th, episode 8, July 19th. We are recording these from the Upside Down. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were hiding out in the Upside Down version of Castle Byers. That's been smashed to bits, so we sorry. need to find a new hiding place.
1: <laughs> Mike, I told you to drop the bat. I found pictures of me that were too little itty bitty, and I didn't want to embarrass, you know, people who watched them. I was a very awkward child, Mike, of surprise of the century. So I just, I just took a bat to it. You, I'm said, sorry.
0: you said you would wield it responsibly, and that should have been the tell that you were just gonna, you were gonna rip
1: the place apart. Listen, I found a lady one time who was pinned to a tree who told me to swing away, and so I did. All those years later, that was, uh, that's a signs. That's a science reference. (laughs) Ah, I like it. Okay. It took
0: me a second to figure out exactly what you were going for, but we are indeed uh, broadcasting in such a way that we cannot take your feedback live as we are going through these episodes that we are watching one by one uh but we are going to do a mighty large feedback show to cap off our stranger things coverage at the end of the season that podcast is going to be coming your way july 24th uh we would love to get your feedback please send it to us postshowrecaps.com slash feedback you can tweet at us at postshowrecaps is our twitter account I'm at Round Howard. Mike is at a Mike Bloom type. We would love it if you subscribe to the podcast. If you left your ratings, your reviews, if you were enjoying what we are doing here on Stranger Things and our coverage of the other shows that we are currently covering, and even when we're not currently covering them here on post show recaps, helps us get uh, noticed and, and seen and grow. It's, it's, we don't even need, this is the fertilizer. Yeah,
1: we do not need to be chomping through fertilizer Which was point.
0: weird. Which was weird, Mrs. What, Driscoll, what, what are you doing? What is weird about
1: going to town on a big old bag of fertilizer? She's like, it gosh. was chocolate. I thought it was chocolate. <laughs> no, that's not chocolate. No, it's very different taste. I mean, maybe they could say, you know, chocolate has become sort of all natural nowadays. Yeah. Uh. It's very, I don't know, be like, oh, this cacao tastes like fertilizer. Ooh, cacao
0: indeed. I, kn- I noticed earlier in one of these podcasts you coined the term spooky dookie, and I think that
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're with the fertilizer. Yes, <laughs> the rats have been, made their way through the spooky dookie. Yeah, uh, they got to
0: the spooky dookie <laughs> in this episode of Stranger Things that we were talking about today. The case of the missing lifeguard, uh, which uh, I gotta say, I think in both the Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Honey I Blew Up, the baby uh, uh, predictions that mike and i mike and i had from the preseason i don't know if either of us did particularly well in this case my, i certainly I, completely struck out there was no big ho, no <laughs> no no holly at all but certainly no big baby holly <laughs> in episode three which is a real surprise
1: yeah though i mean i i uh, i definitely made a swing there not with my baseball bat with mm. uh heather becoming the inch eye private eye of right. getting shrunk and put her in a briefcase but it did at least involve her or at least a form of her I should say there was
0: a fairly amount of a fair amount of Heather in this episode, and it seems like Heather has been uh, has been zombified, a la mm-hmm. Billy. So maybe like they shrunk her brain mm. to some degree. So again, on our very thin rubric of how you score a point in yeah, our draft, is, I think like- you
1: win. I think you win the week. I think I just poked a hole through how thin that rubric is.
0: Although I will give myself 10 points retroactively <laughs> if we get to the end of the season and Big Holly is a thing <laughs> and she has uh, she has played any sort of role if, in if the we, end game. If, you,
1: if Big Holly ends up being a thing, I'm going to tweet, I'm going to write in a letter to the Duffer Brothers yeah. and mention this podcast. I'll attach like an audio recording of it to be like, get Josh Wiggler in the writer's room for season four because he has precognitive powers. He is Will the Wise, seeing the future. My he knows nose what's is
0: bleeding and the only predictive powers I have are when a show is about to go full, honey. I blew up the kids.
1: <laughs> and listen, you—it's a—you're what, like uh, five for seven with the predictions,
0: something like that so far. So you know who—who who knows what's going to happen next? But here we are, case of the missing lifeguard. This episode directed by Sean Levy, who is one of the executive producers of the show. Took my Chevy to the Levy, indeed, very indeed, exactly. <laughs> with the American Pie at the end of the episode, which was very, very funny,
1: uh, very fun scene. Uh, best episode of the season so far. Uh, absolutely. You would say so. Yeah. I mean, we turn it off and I literally turned to you and said, okay, I'm back in love with the show. I'm back on board with you this You know, there
0: season. were some things that were still, like, to me, were like, what are you guys doing? But Man. kind of, in, like, in a fun way, like the cold open, uh, the, yeah. the he likes a cold open of this episode <laughs> was... Uh, yeah,
1: I would say, uh, if it, listen, if the Mind flare uh, makes his way into the mind of Lauren Michaels, SNL, all cold yeah, opens. Yeah, he likes the cold
0: open uh, all over Saturday Night Live. But it was, like, an extended scene. It, it went on for a pretty long time, the, the cold opens that we've gotten so far. I guess they haven't been short, but I felt like a lot happened happened in this one it was yeah. like a range of emotion like it started with burping and farting i guess technically it started with the karate kid it starts with the karate kid and there, the, then there's the burps and the farts and it's like a you know kind of like really gross like teen way of exploring eleven's uh one of her iconic powers mm-hmm. uh and so it's you know it's mostly played for laughs then there's some drunk driving which is kind of questionable with hopper but he's the p- chief of police
1: i guess he gets to do <laughs> yeah, whatever he wants chief of police. don't
0: try it at home and I, I have some issues with hopper doing
1: that but obviously what what are we going to do about that uh, there's some spin the bottle action yeah i was confused about that because i looked at a couple names on the board and i saw like mr clark dustin and i'm like are they finding is this a- is Elle finding a rebound right now yeah. she's finding random guys to kiss using she's her thinking power? about it she's thinking about it how but- would you feel if you just randomly felt some like a presence kissing you
0: it would be weird uh, it's like uh, the scene in Ghostbusters and the montage with the, oh boy, the ghost who, who comes after Ray.
1: Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. In a much a more PG way. Yes, in a
0: much more PG way. Uh, hello, PG. Uh, <laughs> and they they play Spin the Bottle and they land on Billy and they go and like Eleven and sees like all the crazy Billy stuff and it's like, okay, we're off to the races.
1: Which is so interesting as well because, you know, we have heard characters feel a presence from Elle before, but. I mean, I will say one of the things I loved about this episode, and there's a lot to love, but the cinematography in this one in particular, and Stranger Things, I feel like hasn't really been noted for like its cinematography, but there's a lot of cool stuff here. First, when Billy sees Elle and it's almost like a flicker, of her, which I don't think we've ever seen before. Maybe that speaks towards the mind flayers, uh, you know, sway over him. Right. But there's some really cool stuff, like when they did uh, the transition from the lens of the camera in Hawkins' lab to the lens coming out of the binoculars. Yeah. When they visit Heather, everything with the bathtub and being pulled into the surface, I don't think we've really manipulated that sort of black space like that before. Uh, The silhouette of the gun being cocked, like there was a lot of really interesting choices going on that I think were so noteworthy. Also to mention the fact that I jinxed the show. Last time I'm like it never rains in Hawkins. Yeah and then it rained. They were long overdue apparently. It was a very
0: rainy episode. We also said we'll, we'll probably never see Dungeons and Dragons until the finale and then there was Dungeons and Dragons in this uh, episode. Oh yeah we'll try to. Oh it was a really pathetic campaign.
1: <laughs> it really was. Like these guys were dragging their feet. They yeah. were, I mean they were, they, uh, good thing the rain was falling because those two were super thirsty the entire episode. But you, you really liked
0: this episode episode and that was really palpable in in watching it with you what was it just is it like a feel thing is it tonally is it where the story seems to be moving now i think it's i
1: think it's mostly the latter you know i think that again uh we're sort of past the frivolities of like oh no ellen mike are on the rocks you know uh how are these and we still were touching upon these themes of growing apart right will really had his breaking point in this episode where he blows up at mike for Blowing him off. Yeah. Uh, But I think that, you know, we're getting just a lot of progression. And now it's made me appreciate the first two episodes a bit more even in retrospect because now I realize we are setting some stuff up. Some things are moving a bit too quickly, what we can talk about, but I feel like now all these separate plot lines are really developing very interestingly. I particularly I, I'm not only falling more and more in love with the Max L pairing, but the stuff that they were doing this episode was really compelling, and I just based on that last scene, I am already so happy with this Shadow Belly Shadow Heather stuff.
0: Alright, so let's talk about that. We can we can do this kind of storyline by storyline, and the Max and Eleven on the case. I mean, this is the case of the missing. Lifeguard, you thought that there would be a, a conspiracy theory alliance between Jake uh, Busey and and Bruce Gelman. Busey is just uh, we're out on Busey, we're not feeling it. I
1: gotta get it; he's The Office cut up, but at the same time, I mean, this has to be again. for we thought we ascended the top of Mount Trope. I think we've now reached like the heavens above because that newsroom is probably the most over the top thing Stranger Things has ever done. It it's is up there, so tropy. It's a
0: little tropy. It's a little tropy, but we can we can talk about that in a little bit. This ends up being uh an investigation just not the pairing that you expected where yeah. Max and 11 are on the hunt to find Billy because 11 is uh she's like sent into the into you know she sends herself into the ether and goes and sees that Billy has some weird thing happening with him are we yada yadaing past the burping and the farting though like have we have we have we covered that enough for your liking that yeah. there's the, the new coke and the they're they're eating the Doritos and yeah, I mean, talking I think, about women as a completely separate species and it's just like very puberty, you know like yeah, no, boy talk Well,
1: that's the thing it's just it's a it's awkward but that's sort of also an amalgam of like Teenage boy, I just I
0: couldn't tell if I loved that scene or hated it. And I, I think like it, it's, I, I fall somewhere in between, but more towards I kind of loved it. Yeah. Like, I guess I enjoyed, we, we talked about like format breaking, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, they played in that scene, it was really, it was really stupid and really juvenile, but it was playing within the constructs that are already familiar in Stranger Things. Like, exactly. they were doing like that deprivation thing. And like, you're, you're seeing like Elle walking through that shadow space, and instead of seeing something very dangerous, She's seeing something so stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah. She essentially it's kind turned. Kind of fun. She turned like a. Uh, she was watching the Big Brother live feeds and she turned onto the one camera that's like people talking about like how much they love Cheetos. I, you've lost me. Yeah, I know. I've got you lost in the ether. It, it's over. But I'm the thing done. that I like about it, because I could understand, it, and I'm already assuming people are saying like, these boys are so stupid. Like, why are they writing this stuff? And it, I don't want to, you know, attribute it to one thing, but I really think it's just because they are teenage boys. Right. And I think we can speak to as former teenage boys that that's sort of the way teenage boys think, they are pretty stupid.
0: Yes, I was a very, very dumb teenage boy, just as I'm a pretty dumb young man. Uh, not a lot has changed. Uh, but I, I think that the the pounding uh, Doritos and then proudly proclaiming my, my uh, cheese-soaked burps that has changed. I'm not really proud of any of my yeah. burps anymore.
1: Right, but I think that in that moment, you know, you're you're commiserating them of like, damn woman, man, am yes, I right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, I think it, it was real in that way for sure. Uh, and I, I think I just liked the whimsy of it. I, I liked the idea of using the structure of the show in this in this very you know very stupid kind of non serious exactly. unimportant so, way. So so
1: I like that, and that's something that I kind of wish last episode of shopping montage was. You yeah, know, like, you let's. Think
0: that's what they were aiming for and they just didn't accomplish that for you
1: like i love the framework that they've set up through these the mythos of these two seasons so far let's use that and paint a different picture in it which it seems like they were doing with stuff like that uh and i felt like maybe last episode was a bit too far outside of the painting altogether but i'm happy that this episode firmly felt inside the frame that the duffer brothers have you know made
0: so, uh, after that they they do the spin the bottle thing, and I guess it's just to like to figure out who should we spy on next because Max I don't think Max has ever seen eleven do this before, no, and she was like really into it. She's like, "That was awesome. Can we do that again? So they choose Billy, it spins on Billy, and uh he is uh he is he is obviously messed up. we know that he's messed up, and now Max and eleven are kind of on the case and this was sort of the first time it struck me that it doesn't really pay off yet, but we're there's going to be some kind of collision course between Max and Billy, right? Like, Billy is way beyond who he used to be, and Max, who is somebody who is, like, kind of carefree right now and is really only focused on being a really good friend to her cool new friend, uh, she's in for some sort of really traumatic heartbreak.
1: Well, I guess also the question is, in terms of these essence of, you know, multiple personalities, will it be a thing where, like, when, when, when Ma- when Billy recognizes Max, will that sort of like bring the Billy out of right. the Billy? That's not really Billy anymore. What I'm more intrigued by, and we saw this at the end of the episode, is that it's not really Max versus Billy, it's Mind Flayer versus Eleven. Yes. That I, what I loved about that final scene was first off, uh, Dicker Montgomery, I don't know if he was able to make his eyes so dead, but his eyes look dead to us at least, and just his recognition of like, L and you can see his little tinges in his eyes as they dilate and constrict uh him remembering back to when the gate was closed the mind flares you know most traumatic memory his main plan main, main flan, yeah. his main plan foiled uh it means it's going to be like a big battle of the titans i think
0: a main up. plan you could probably gum pretty easily i think, I think
1: it's think. a lot easier to gum than breadsticks yeah. i think uh, hopper was probably gumming some breadsticks by the time that night was over because he was pretty darn sloppy as well, yeah, i think celebrating so. kicking his feet up blasting music now you didn't you you're not
0: a billy fan uh your your prediction going into the season was death of billy that still feels pretty safe that feels inevitable i I think
1: like getting whether he
0: explodes or he's just defeated in some other way unless he becomes like i don't know if he's like the like the tetsuo of the piece and like he like flies off to like come back in some sort of like horrible like psychological destructive way in the future
1: but i do like the billy you know the shadow billy that we got here i feel like this is firmly shadow billy The like the button up like Oh, gosh, goodness. My my sister's here. Oh, how? Oh, egg on my face. I'm so sorry, Mr. and Mrs. Heather. Uh, I love that because. I guess that is one advantage of just the over-the-top characterization of Billy, is that this is the complete opposite, so we know it's definitely not the Billy that we know and definitely don't love, uh, but that, I just like the fact that he's able to personify that. We see that a bit with Heather, but we didn't really know a lot about Heather beforehand anyway, so right. we don't exactly know what the personality change is, but I, I do like, again, it's very, it's very Invasion of the Body Snatchers, of like very different personality shift. The Mind flare trying to mimic their personalities, but not really knowing who they are as people. Well, 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 so we see that standoff at the end of the episode
0: and we see uh, or near the end of the episode when Eleven and and Max are leaving after they've come to Heather's family's house and they see that Billy is alive and seemingly okay. But there is that look of recognition on Billy's face and like there's the zoom in on his eyes and he's got like the eye of Sauron, basically. (laughs) And it's like cutting back between that and the end of season two when Eleven is shutting the gate Mm -hmm. uh, and you do get the sense there right like that he's the mind flayer
1: yeah i mean considering that that's the moment when will gets his rl steins and says, right <laughs> and he does get the bumps yeah and he says you know he's back i wonder if uh it, it's sort of like actually when i was thinking about this when you were talking about like will and the mind flayer's connection it feels to me very harry potter and voldemort
0: yeah where one like, must, only one can live or whatever yeah
1: well there's where it's like he's completely out of him but i feel like there's still an imprint so that he still sort of feels his presence. And I feel like that's when, you know, if the Mind Flayer... The
0: goosebumps are the Thunderbolt scar.
1: Exactly. And I feel like if the Mind flare was sitting in the back seat right now, uh, while sort of letting this zombified Bitly drive, he promptly took the wheel when he saw Eleven and said, oh, I know who that is. And that's what I think caused the recognition to show up on Will. Yeah. So it'll depend to see, you know, when, he comes to the, when it comes to the forefront more. But I feel like that was a definitive moment where the Mind flare you know, stood at the forefront to say... Okay, I know who this is and now I know who to target.
0: I'm concerned for Max as I've already stated not just like emotionally and existentially, but now I'm like wondering like if if Stranger Things ever wanted to like really gut us, they would they would take one of the the kids off the board yeah. in a in a permanent way, which obviously they have not done yet. Uh you know the closest they came was everything that happened with with Will in the first season, and he comes back. Um Max is probably of the group like I think that she it would be a very emotional loss. It would be a it would be a hard loss. She's Eleven's close friend. She's yeah. you know Luke's girlfriend. Uh, there would be a lot to go on like she and Mike were close um, and she's so connected to Billy obviously being you know his sibling that like you could imagine it as like something that would like also like, kind of demonstrate the the depths of the darkness within the mind flayed Billy mm. that like I'm just like I'm, I'm nervous mm. I'm nervous that something uh, bad like- could happen to Max I really hope not because yeah. she's, she's one of my very favorite characters on the show
1: yeah and she's been killing it in the first three episodes she while so funny. you might complain about the other characters sort of like being mopey or being a little juvenile like she has her head Squarely on her shoulder, she's doing the investigating that you know some of the kids would have been doing in the first two seasons. So she sort of has that role taken care of. My hope is what's going to happen is that the Karate
0: Kid stuff at the start of the episode was like a little bit of a setup. For Max executing her own like uh, form of crane kick, mm, where like, like
1: is, the, she, is, is Billy like Cobra Kai? here? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, very much so. He's definitely uh, definitely uh, Zapka. Yeah, uh, like you, you, Billy. Th- you,
1: I think is it wasn't the character's name Billy? I believe Johnny. Johnny. But I believe the actor was, is was Billy, Billy Zapka. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Zapka.
0: Uh, I I might be mispronouncing the, the last name. Um, but I I would love to see her like like feign some weakness and then like you know uh, like snap back with like the yeah. weak leg or whatever. Well,
1: because I feel like the mindfulness. Players right now sweeping the leg. Yeah. like using illegal maneuvers. maneuver cheating.
0: Yeah. It's very Cobra Kai esque. Uh, ask. uh- or if this is just like a setup for Ralph Macchio in in season four, I'm I'm cool with that. too.
1: That'd be another crossover with Cobra Kai, the YouTube red series. Eleven
0: versus Billy, is that going to happen? Is that what we're setting up? Like, are we going to set up like some sort of like uh you know like physical battle between these two people? Because we have, I mean, we've seen Eleven stand up to the Demogorgon organ before. We saw yeah. Eleven close the gate every season so far. Granted, there've only been two up until now. Has culminated with Eleven like standing up against the Upside Down. Yeah, it's is interesting. this an inevitable battle?
1: I think so. Just because she is the only formidable force we know at this time that can, and considering that the Upside Down is such a lingering presence in each and every season, who do you turn to? Right. Um. I. But I love it though, because in the first season she fended off the Demogorgon with one hand. The second season she closed the gate using two hands. Right. What can she do in the third season? You can't. Did she use a foot? Is she going to crane kick? She could crane kick. There we that, go. That's it. She, just has, she just has to crane kick uh, the Mind Flayer out of existence. Wow. Who knew Chekhov's Machia would be uh, would be a thick. So,
0: I, I think that's a... Unless you've got... I mean, the, the very end of that of that whole storyline is... Because we're, we're deprived of Billy for so much of the episode. So much of the episode is Max and Eleven, like, trying to find Billy, trying yep. to figure out what happened. You know, they've got the bloody whistle and everything like that. And they go and they find Heather's house. And then they find Billy in, like, full, like, oh, the, this is my sister, Maxine. And he's just, like, being like... You know the 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 model boyfriend,
1: which is so interesting because again, you know, you would think that oh yeah, maybe Billy just like is pretending to get along with Heather's parents, but like we still have Billy deals with adults, right? Not
0: not like in a very
1: different, in a more sultry way. I don't think he would be wearing a shirt,
0: right? Exactly. So he's like you know he's all buttoned up and everything here, but it leads us to the great American Pie ending Uh, uh, where Heather, where they've poisoned Heather's mom and then Heather like (laughs) wine bottles her own
1: dad. Which what did you think about the revelation? We don't know too much about Michael Parks' editor character. But what do you think about the, the the connective tissue that he is her father? Well,
0: I think what's important about it is that so they're they're gonna they're gonna flay her parents, yeah. right? And so if he's the editor of the Hawkins Times, is that what it is? Hawkins, Hawkins Chronicle, Post? Haw- Hawkins whatever, the Hawkins Papes. I uh, was slinging papes, Uh The news now. Now you just have an, an image of Jonathan as a newsie. Yeah, look at me. Uh, that she. That that him being her father just means that he's gonna. He's on on tap to get mine flayed next.
1: To be fair, those he's guys are pretty important much o-
0: person in town yeah. to be flayed.
1: Those guys at the at the newspaper pretty much operate under a high mind anyway. Sure, of toxic masculinity. So like they're 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 already there. They're already under he, his. But employees. I mean they're
0: all re- they're already in concert with each other. They're already in lockstep with each other. But if if the editor of the paper is somehow going to be responsible for like you know controlling the the media in oh, no. town you know controlling the narrative in <laughs> town especially as my favorite characters in the show jonathan and nancy are crusading <laughs> towards the truth right now uh what kind of opposition are they going to run into at the paper itself once one of the people at the paper is effectively a juju zombie
1: could you imagine though if, if tom's like all right nancy yeah. Uh, for lunch today, give me a big bag of fertilizer. Yes. Oh, God. Sugar yes. and
0: water. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. What is it, Zed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, we, we could see that. I think something like that could be possible. I really want to know more about why we're eating fertilizer on the show. Yeah, it's, um, it's got well, to be a great answer to that. Because I don't
1: know. It seems like uh, from what the list that Nancy was providing with all the Nancy Drewing she was doing, uh, that it was less about agriculture, as we talked about last time, and more about chemicals yeah she's talking about pesticides she's talking about diesel fuel so maybe there's something about like inorganic material and I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe it just means that like, when you're an upside-down creature living in the real world, you need that for sustenance. Mm. Maybe that's something that's now part of the upside-down mythos. I'm not entirely sure.
0: When these people wake up, if they wake up, they're going to have really bad breath, and they're going to be upset about it. They're <laughs> yeah, going to wish that they had nacho, nacho cheese. cheese. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're going to be missing that's the like, yeah, that's like classic the, Dorito. Exactly. It's like a Listerine yeah, compared s- to that.
0: Spooky dookie. Alright, so I, I think we can go from there, and we can talk about what's going on with the party a little bit, going mm-hmm. on with Will and Mike and lucas because we do get some dungeons and dragons in this episode it's an ill-fated campaign i thought it was a really funny way that they resolved the campaign where like you know no, they're not into it at all will is super super into it uh, sweet noah snap that's a hard, it was a hard scene for him to have to play i think
1: <laughs> which which do you think was harder for him Very to play auto-cree. him going to pieces and breaking down castle buyers or him having to sell being in full wizard guard it
0: was a little cringe i felt bad for him uh i uh, you know and it felt cringe because i was like i've been there like yeah. I, you know i i played with my toys you know i know what this is all about it was just it was hard to watch um but I love that, that Mike and Lucas just like bomb out of the game. They're like, alright, so we burn ourselves and we burn the zombies and we save the village and we're sung of Elvaz legend for the rest of... Yeah. Now, now, you're a Dungeons & Dragons guy. Yes. I've actually never played. What? I think once or twice as a kid, but not in any kind of memorable way. Well, feel- uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic both like completely whizzed me by.
1: I I, I I didn't really check out much Magic. I do feel like Nerdum is such an umbrella term, speaking of rain, that I feel like there are parts of like are what's considered typical nerd that we've each reached you know lost out on i know i've talked to you about the fact that i was not a comics book book person yeah. whatsoever yeah. growing up i've caught up on that you were not a dungeons and dragons person so like nerd is a catch-all term but i do feel like there's so many intricate elements of it that we we haven't necessarily all experienced now
0: but my question for you as somebody who has expertise in D D. Did did Mike and Lucas, in the in the choice to to sacrifice themselves to burn down the zombies and end the game, did they, like, kill characters that they'd been working on for a very long time? Was that, like, the ending of, like, <laughs> you know, like, years' worth of stories? Or do you create characters at the start of a, uh, of a different campaign? So
1: you can. It depends on, you know, the DM can do a consistent, you know, a consistent journey, which involves different campaigns, different like, arcs. Keeper League. Yeah, yeah like, okay. different arcs, if you will, for characters. Or they can more so, you know, I've seen DMs do like one-off things. Where they're like, okay, you're going to be a bunch of thieves and either you'll be given characters or you just sort of create your character there. I I couldn't tell. I would assume that it's the latter considering that Dustin wasn't there and I know that DMs usually like to have the, the all, most party. if not all their party there just to not it's a hassle to have to catch people up and to you know it'd be a very extreme
0: measure that even in like you know the the height of their adolescence to just like kind of like break their toys that they've been playing yeah. with for so many years would be very uh, you know symbolic in terms of this theme that you're tracking that I think you're right on the money that this is you know drifting apart Yeah, you know we're growing apart we're changing we're you know our priorities are, <laughs> are different uh, you know Will thinks <laughs> that they're going to stay in the basement and play Dungeons & Dragons forever, which is a long time. Yeah,
1: uh, but I could also understand, like... I mean, we've all had these types of things where, like, I think we think back on some parts of our adolescence or, like, there's a whole Avenue Q song about, like, I wish I could go back to college. I think we crystallize certain moments where we're like, man, I remember back then. I feel like I had everything going. There was so much great stuff going on. Right. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Grass is always greener, especially with fertilizer that you're eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think that maybe that's what Will's feeling, at unfortunately, at a very young age. And it's so interesting to track his development as well, because, I mean, Mike... Uh, seems to touch a nerve when he says, "Like oh, I can't help it if you don't like girls." Yeah, and I don't know if that's if they're hinting towards something. If sure, it's, if it's just focusing on the fact that like he has been dealing with a lot, yeah. so he's he's not necessarily focusing on the opposite sex, right?
0: I like, guess he developed in that way. Is that something he's interested in? Exactly. Uh, lots of questions there. I, I thought that that was a a, a really sad scene and, yeah. and felt very real. Um, the juju zombies are the are the are the bad guys in the Dungeons and Dragons campaign that will sketches out, and uh, the, you know these things are never chosen haphazardly. At least yeah. historically, within Stranger Things, the Demogorgon uh, comes to represent the monster of the first season. The Mind Flayer has come to represent uh the the creature with the most agency that we have seen from the Upside Down so far, both in season two and now here in season three. So the juju zombie being the monster that's presented in this campaign, uh, just to, to you know, I'm not f- super familiar with this creature. I don't know if you are, um, but ForgottenRealms.fandom No, I'm, I'm more into the
1: uh, Christian Christian zombie. Thing, Got Juju it, Juju okay, zombie.
0: okay. The, well, I mean, I think we're both uh, in, in the Juju zombie camp. <laughs> yeah. um, ForgottenRealms.fandom.com has a, has a Wikipedia that has a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons information and different types of characters, and so this is their description of the Juju zombie. A Juju zombie is an exceptionally powerful type of zombie zombie created by potent magics they were stronger faster and more cunning than the basic shambling corpse unlike a normal zombie juju zombies retained their consciousness and the awareness of their undead state made them horribly vicious and cruel for this reason juju zombies were popular among red wizards and could be found in greater numbers in Thay. i think that final sentence doesn't really matter for our purposes <laughs> where is Thay? i would like to know no, it's
1: right next to Wee. Got it,
0: okay, yeah. I've
1: never Uh, been. Well,
0: There's a lot lot of information there, though. So,
1: I mean, I think, like you said, that's meaningful, and I think that's a good hint as to, I think, what the Mind Flayer is building right now might be a sense of Juju armies. You mentioned Bub from Day of the Dead last week. I think that's sort of what that's hinting towards as well, which is they're not exactly mindless zombies. This is not some zombie boy thing. I think these are creatures who are acting out of free will, but that free will is uh, oriented towards maybe a more nefarious... High mind so i guess my question on that is so as you said lucas and mike uh self-sacrifice themselves they say okay yeah we're gonna trap all the zombies in a chamber we're gonna burn ourselves alive with it and save the town i don't think that's gonna mean the end of mike and lucas whatsoever but do you predict a similar outcome for some group? yeah of i think so
0: right like they're they're saying like let's sacrifice ourselves to destroy the zombies who's gonna do it yeah someone right
1: Better not be Max. I
0: mean, it could be Max. I mean I I feel I, I do feel like it's gotta be someone who's got a little bit more power within the story, like somebody who is like a little bit more of like that um, more of like a forefront character, and yeah. what and whether it's like an actual uh you know like full blown like fatal sacrifice or stranding yourself in the upside down the way that Eleven did for right. that reason I feel like it can't be Eleven just because we've done that before yeah and then
1: she'll just make her way out in like two seconds again
0: <laughs> I think like Hopper isn't a bad guess I was especially because like, in we... this episode he's talking to Joyce about how like everything I'm trying to do is to make you guys feel safe yeah I was gonna say you were talking about someone who wields power what about the Javeliers you know the Javeliers <laughs> is kind of zombified. <laughs> in his own way, at the start of this episode,
1: I, I really, I know how much we loved uh, Goofy Harper the past couple episodes, but I gotta say, this got back to like the Hopper we know and love from the past two seasons, and I, I really enjoyed his storyline with Joyce in this episode.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on with with Hopper this week. There's him uh, chugging milk as he's deeply hungover. That is over. a horrible
1: hangover cure. It was
0: just really gross. It would just hurt my stomach, I think.
1: Yeah, like, why, if your stomach is already upset, people, why would you agitate it more? Listen,
0: some people are a lot stronger when it comes to the lactose than I, but I am, uh, I, I'm i not, uh, That it would be bad for me.
1: Yeah, and he essentially, like, that's how he washed down some, like, Excedrin, it seems like. It was
0: pretty nasty. Uh, and then he, he gets really mad at Joyce when she comes over because she's saying, like, the, she's talking about the magnet stuff and how uh, her conclusion from talking with mr clark is basically i think the hawkins lab people are back yeah. and i think that we should go and we should check that out and and hopper's like really hung up on how he got uh stood St- up worse steve. than when he got yeah he's steve clark uh he's he's mad that he hasn't been he hasn't been stood up that bad since alice gilbert in ninth grade <laughs> I,
1: wait so we have a cop yelling steve yes <laughs> yeah
0: <gasps> did i do this <laughs> Uh, Mr.
1: Clark could be the Urkel. Clark- he could be. Clarkle.
0: He could be. Clerkel. <laughs> Clerkel is real. Uh, eventually... Joyce is able to to convince Hopper that that he should come with her to check out. What's Basically, going on at by the lab. saying,
1: "Okay, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it myself." Yeah, and
0: he doesn't want her to do that, so he goes.
1: You don't do that. You, you don't do that, and so he
0: goes to the lab with her, and everything seems like it's it's fine. But there's cameras that are active.
1: That was that was fun. Uh, I liked re exploring Hawkins' Labs because I just know it's been a main setting and it's always going to be a main setting i'm a bit intrigued to see what the ruski was doing there the nameless russian who seems to just be our hawkins representative is that the same guy that we've seen already i'm pretty sure yeah
0: he was just beating up hopper
1: i mean we thought uh you know we thought billy being the snot out of steve last time was pretty intense i mean he hopper got several shots in yeah shots you know stacked. kicked into it.
0: yeah, it wasn 't good, it wasn 't good, but it, before that happens, a couple of things, um, one, we get more Bob flashbacks, yeah,
1: some flash bobs the
0: show loves Sean Aston, and they want us to remember how much they love Sean Aston and how much no it did Bob represent the thing, thing, thing that I
1: know you hated, which
0: was the way that Bob died. I hated the way that Bob died, it just like they made he, he just like went they made him go out like such a dummy, and it felt unfair to the character that they were trying to build there. But, I mean, we talked about, uh, Bub being the the like sort of like sentient zombie right mm. and we've talked a little bit about could could there be some sort of Bob return especially as we're getting into juju zombie territory like is there going to be something where like they they ate him up and spat him into the upside down and the upside down spits him back out and he's like the mind flare incarnate or something dumb like that does mm. the, the fact that we got like additional Bob material <laughs> sway you one way or the other
1: I don't think so yeah, I mean I hope that's not. I mean, maybe that's me putting a lot of just trust in the show but I really think it's more just more impactful for Joyce's storyline and I think that it really came to the forefront in this scene where Hopper essentially says like you're running away out of grief and I really liked him also yeah, because this was news right like Joyce
0: is leaving yeah.
1: Joyce wants to leave Hawkins. Yeah, which is going to make for an interesting episode of House Hunters. I can yeah. imagine how they're going to sell
0: that place. <laughs> That'd be good a good teaser for uh, season four if that's what ends up happening.
1: Yeah, they brought like, the Property Brothers to an episode about the buyer's house. But I mean, think about what, what, what you've been saying all, all season
0: of this idea of growing apart, right? Yeah. And now we've been introduced to this idea that the
1: buyers are eyeing the exit you know yeah. well, it, one buyers is it, uh, it'll be if that news ever does break to jonathan and will who are very uh involved in other things right now but i would like to see how they would re- react to well it. jonathan's gonna go off to school yeah
0: so you know he's gonna with his
1: goofy shirts i
0: know so he's gonna leave hawkins and then with will i mean he's 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 already done some deconstruction he's already packed he's up already Castle yeah, he's <laughs> already he's already closing up shop he's he's like ahead on the demo yeah. uh <laughs> he's got he's got a head start on that but he's he's joyce's you know 15 year old son yeah, what's he gonna do? He he's, he's gonna have to move
1: with yeah, her. If or she gonna move. move in with his deadbeat dad? I don't think so. And he doesn't live in Hawkins, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Because uh, um, we 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 saw a they, little they, bit they, of him they, in They went out of town one. in season one to visit him, though. He did come back to try to cash in on the uh, the money when they thought Will was dead. But it, yeah, it was a, such an interesting revelation. But I really liked the approach from it, and I really liked the the resonance between the two stories between Hopper and Joyce. I don't know what it is, but I I just love. Hopper's grieving storyline, because I think that the death of his daughter has resonated so much, and not only the choices that he's made, but like his relationship with Eleven, uh, and you know his relationship with with just you know parenting in general, which bore out comically in the first couple episodes here. But it's also interesting, you know, we I think we knew beforehand that Hopper was, I think he was a New York de- detective or a New York policeman. Is that right? Well, because there was a, a novel that came out that's out now. Uh, that's apparently like an official Stranger Things novel. I haven't read it yet, but it's apparently a story of Hopper's time in New York, like oh, a particular wow. case that he worked on. So, you know, we are uh, taking some time between these recordings. Maybe I'll try to to bone up on it before we come back together again. Uh, but if that's officially canon he sort of makes reference to it here about how, you know, when his daughter died, he said he left,
0: right? Like, left for a little while.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so he, because I think I remember that in season one, that he was like a big city detective who came back to Hawkins, nobody knew why, and it was really for him to escape his present by going back to his past. Right. And so I really like the humanizing factors that that storyline brings, because it really was Hopper, for all the antics he was doing the past couple episodes, you know, he sat down with Joyce literally and was like, I know what you're going through running away isn't going to solve this did you feel any
0: better about hopper and joyce potentially as a couple based on any of this stuff because clearly he he's really you know he has serious feelings for her doesn't seem like she has like serious feelings for him though maybe seems like a little more open by the end of their conversation i
1: mean not at the moment i think it's just still that she's grieving heavily for bob and so i think she feels it's wrong for her to move on. on. You know, her and Bob weren't necessarily married, but, I mean, they were talking about going to Maine together. I think this was Joyce's first big relationship after, after her and Lonnie crashed and burned. So you can imagine how she puts a lot of stock into it. I mean, I could see it still being a thing, but I'm glad they referenced, like, the common ground that they have. You know, that it's not just, hey, let's pair two random characters together. It's that they do share a common thread that's just slowly being raveled, reeling them back together.
0: Uh, speaking of potential couples, uh, let's, let's talk about a thruple right now, which is Dustin... <gasps> no, don't put that image in my Steve head. ...Steve <laughs> and Robin. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Sorry about that. Uh, but, but Steve... Uh, Dustin is trying to, to ship uh, Steve Harrington and Robin... Uh, pretty hard. And Steve yeah. is really—he's saying no thanks. Can we call him Strobin? Strobin, if you'd like, because it's on and off. It's on and off, like, like a strobe light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got you. Uh, but he's not really into it. He doesn't like that she's she was in uh, drama in school, which, which I know you and I. I was gonna say, like, listen,
1: if, if if there was a Steve Harrington like there for a bunch of different people who had discerning tastes, like we would currently not be in the relationships that we are right yeah, now. Yeah. So, uh, yes, it's it's interesting because I guess. I mean, I don't know if Steve knew Robin in high school. He seemed to know a lot about her that, you know, she's they a band didn't run geek. in the same circles, it seems like. Yeah, but she's a band geek, she's a drama geek, like And she's still in school, right? Like, I believe so. Like she might still be like she might be like the Nancy Jonathan year who's going into their senior year of high school. Right. So uh so she so it seems like he knows a lot about her and it seems like they're just sort of like in her, in his opinion, they just become uh, forced chums due to the fact that they both work in this crappy establishment together. But Robin's a badass. She's awesome. She figures it out. She knows what's up. Robin you know, is the Batman
0: of this pairing. We we see, you know, first, first Steve and Dustin think they've got it figured out. They think they've got the Russian in their sights. But it and turns out... It's just this Jazzercise instructor. I
1: love that reveal. It's very 80s, and I love it so much. It was
0: really, really funny. And uh, to, to uh, satisfy our uh, best quote of the episode, I think, Are You Ready to Sweat? Uh, is going to be the winner for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole moment was really, really funny. Uh, but this is this is when you know we we see that there's really no payoff there. But Robin is able to figure out she's able to to crack the code of the silver cat is the the transportation guy. Links
1: transportation. So. I thought this was a little dumb, personally. This is, this is a, <laughs> the a, code was kind of stupid. I don't know if I call it dumb, I call it very hasty. Yeah. Like, Robin, awesome on Robin. She's definitely proven her weight only three episodes into the season. But that being said, my god, these Russians have such a faulty system if this one person could figure it out just by looking looking in the center of the mall. It's like, yeah, what, so when the, when the package guy comes and, and uh, he
0: delivers stuff to Panda West... And then the clock is at 9 o'clock. That's when we're doing the things. Like, they may as well have just said that.
1: Well, and I think it's so interesting as well, because it, it's very, like, Kaiser Soze Jr. I'm uh-huh. like, yeah, well, tread lightly.
0: Tread lightly. Yeah, it's very Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah, they wish. Yeah, they wish. Uh, but then they go and they, like, spy on, like, some section of the mall where there are... Uh,
1: astoundingly heavily armed guards. <laughs> just the... yeah, I think that should be the big slide. Is like, I know this mall is a big to do in Hawkins, but when you have people with guns guarding, with, like automatic rifles, yeah, which is what's supposed to be delivered to a Chinese restaurant and a shoe store, like looking like they are
0: villains in a diehard remake, like it's yeah. you know that's a like you know Midwest Die Hard is just like <laughs> that's probably telling you something
1: yeah exactly so i, I mean it's, it's a definite escalation of things and i guess you know what we talked about last week my theory about the mall being a front i think i think it's coming to yeah clarity. obviously
0: at this point it's pretty clear yeah um jonathan and nancy they uh they get laughed at in the newsroom it's not specifically going
1: nancy nancy i didn't i i sort of forget sometimes how nancy is a very persistent and insistent character yes. which i think is both a benefit and a drawback to her like poor jonathan who's just like I don't want to get fired. And she's yeah. like, too bad. Yeah, we're it's... finding a rat. Yeah. I don't know. I just th-
0: th- I'm, It just puts me to sleep, this storyline. I've obviously said that a few times now. Um, but I enjoyed that it brought them back to Mrs. Driscoll's house and she was just eating fertilizer.
1: Yeah. So now the question like, is do why? they? They were looking for the rat they were trying to i guess go beyond the wall to grab the white to bring back and show right basically the, the skeptics at king's landing are they gonna take mrs driscoll now yeah she's like <laughs> They're like clearly oh this woman is just off for medicine so is she is she a zombie now i think so i'm pretty sure that maybe she went d- back down to the basement and the goo the gooey rat took her over yeah and so now she is mind flayed too yes that seems accurate which maybe because i don't know maybe there's different progressions like we haven't seen billy and heather dig into some fertilizer we do see them take a few ice baths uh but nothing in terms of actually digging into the chemicals yet so maybe there's there's different progressions to it
0: okay um i think that's that's the vast majority of what goes on in this episode unless you've got any uh anything that we haven't covered that you want to they want to dig into. No,
1: I mean, I think we progressed a lot of storylines significantly. Uh, put out a call here, because there is always an inevitable episode in the season where all these storylines come together. Everyone, When's it going to happen, is yeah, what you're asking? Yeah, I know season one, it was like, I think, the penultimate episode when they all met up in the gym. At season two, it was also the penultimate episode when they met up at the buyer's house. When is this happening for season three? So
0: we're th- we're three episodes deep at this point. There's eight episodes overall. I would say people all are, everyone's like collided by... I would bet not much sooner than Chapter 7 would Okay, be my guess.
1: Yeah, I'll put it, I'll put it in an early bid for 6. Okay. Because I do wonder if you've talked so much about how, you know, the show responds so much to fan critiques uh, and lauds. They really do laud having all these characters together. I wonder if they want to... Uh, they're a little hungry for that, so they decide to throw them together. Plus, That's the fertilizer. Yeah, plus if the party's being split now with you know Will declaring the Day of No Girls, and now it seems like maybe him, Mike, and Lucas are now going to be on a hunt to find out where the Mind flare is. Max and Eleven seem to be now on their own sort of separate path. Uh, they're looking for that opportunity to bring the party back together because we know that the two couples are going to have to reunite in some way, shape, or form. So I could see that happening sooner rather than later. Though there is the chance, to your point, of there just being a random one-off episode thrown in as well to sort of uh, buffer out the count. How
0: about, you know, what? now seems like a decent time to take stock of. There, there are two prominent characters from Stranger Things past that we have not seen in Season 3 thus far. And I'm thinking Paul Reiser's character. Mm, Dr. I'm, Owens. And I'm thinking of Matthew Modine's character, Brenner. Um any chance that we're going to see them this season and especially for 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 Dr. Owens like seeing that the the cameras are still operational at the lab yeah. is he spying on things there and for Dr. Brenner as we are seeing the mind flayer taking over bodies is that a body that he would potentially take over because mm. that's like could we see dr brenner return in some sort of mind flayed capacity at some point in the next few episodes
1: what if the mind flare? because we saw this a bit where 11 was having these visions of brenner which i think she conjured on her own but could it be a thing where the mind flare gets into 11 a bit sees the wounds that you know brenner says are festering within her and decides to conjure his image to maybe rattle her a bit more to show that she's truly not over papa yeah i could very well see that as for dr owens I'm not sure. I mean, based on the action of episode three, maybe there's something that happens in episode four where you know Hopper gives a call to Owens like, uh, "Baby Dubs, you left the camera on. Uh, what's that about?" And maybe Hop, maybe Owens is able to give some intel as to what ha- what Hawkins is doing post shutdown. But outside of that, I really don't see him making an appearance. Uh, I feel like Owens was a representation of a faction that's no longer there, and it seems like after he provided Eleven with those birth certificates, I think he just up and left towards. Whatever. I don't know if he's getting hired as much as a doctor, but I can imagine considering the shady stuff that he was involved with, uh, involved with in his capacity to uh, create a new identity for people. He might have just wanted to hightail it out of there. Not a lot of Erica this week. Yeah, this I mean a little bit. She's she's still trying to manipulate trying to that, those, those, those free samples, peppermint
0: samples. Uh,
1: which you know what? That's she's a she's a freegan, So I'm happy about it. We do see her speaking of Die Hard crawling around some vents at some point in the teaser trailers. So I'm 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 really intrigued to see. Again, we keep getting this pump. Oh my uh,
0: god! Are they gonna Are they gonna turn Erica into John McClane?
1: Oh, Is she gonna have
0: to like save everyone in the mall? Could you imagine?
1: I, I would as be, soon as she
0: loses her shoes, I'm looking at her as the new John McClane. If
1: that be, if that's a standalone episode, I'm here for it. Yeah, Just a too. diehard pastiche. Starring in theory, that. anyway.
0: In theory, theoretically, I'm I'm here for with it. The, have to see with the, the jazzercise
1: instructor as Hans Gruber's brother.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, what episode would that possibly be in? So here are the episode titles that are still ahead of us: the sauna test, the source, the birthday, the bite, and the battle of Starcourt. You could imagine it's her birthday, and like she's like, mm-hmm. it's my birthday, and this is happening on my birthday, and she. Yeah,
1: the bite. She loves little bites of ice cream. She does. That could be her little she's like, I'm gonna I need to get through to Scoops Ahoy so I can get all my little scoops. It doesn't matter what mine flares are in the my way. Okay. Alright. Well we'll we'll put
0: a pin in that and see what's gonna happen in the future. Uh speaking of the future, our next episode of this podcast is coming your way in just a little while, uh, July 10th. Keep an eye out for our episode four recap. That's going to be the sauna test, mm. Mike. Uh, will we see someone named Shauna in this episode? Because if not, I'm 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 out of I'm out of luck once again.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. The sauna test is interesting because we all know the uh, represent, the light motif of temperatures. Yes, uh, you know the Fair likes it cold. They they purposely uh, you know used heat to get it out of will. Could they be doing a, a Similar thing to try to you know get the mind flare out of somebody else I'm not entirely sure otherwise I have no idea how a sauna could possibly be involved, unless this is some sort of like philosophical construct. Uh uh-huh, Like yeah. the flea and the acrobat. Doctor Mister
0: d- Clark is a big uh, Sonic guy. He loves <laughs> he loves the the sweat bath. So he's gonna. Yeah, have that's how he spends
1: his, his summer. But if he's not listening to Weird Al, he's yeah. hitting up the spa. All right. Well, if you're not listening to Weird Al, then
0: perhaps you are listening to us, and we appreciate that. If you're not listening to us, then you're not listening to these words. So we don't appreciate you. <laughs> uh, we would love it if we could get some of your feedback for the feedback show. We are going to record at the end of this season. Post show recaps slash feedback you can also tweet at us at post show recaps on twitter mike is at a mike bloom type I am at round Howard subscribe to the podcast post show recaps.com slash stranger things as our feed or subscribe. However you get your podcasts. Uh, Mike, anything else?
1: No, I have to dig into a nice uh, jar of candy. I'm having some juju zombies.
0: Okay. We're going to, we're going to be feasting on some, some scoops of ice cream and some juju zombies in our very next episode the sauna test. Uh, hopefully uh, Shauna will appear. And if not, <laughs> What Come to us, Shauna. Yes, yeah, so let, let's 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 just try to will Shauna into existence. We'll be back with another podcast very soon. Take care, everybody. Goodbye.